Welcome to Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa Schantz. I am an enthusiastic soul, passionate about the spiritual part of life. Spirituality today is like an indulgent dessert buffet filled to the brim with unique offerings and services from amazing souls around the world. Join me in chowing down on some mini morsel bites to satisfy your spiritual sweet tooth starting now. Welcome back to Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa. Oftentimes, life can feel like we're on a highway moving at a fast pace to get from one place to the next. Many times we have a map in one hand that helps guide the way. But what about for your soul's journey? What if you had a soul map that helped you connect and understand yourself and your journey at a much deeper level? My guest in this episode has created just that a soul map for embodying sacred feminine sovereignty. Her name is Dr. Rima Bonario. She's a dream weaver, soul coach, and wild heart healer who draws from the culmination of 30 years of her own evolution to help women experience personal wholeness, relationship harmony, and material abundance in their lives. Dr. Rima is a respected thought leader, speaker, and teacher for women seeking to stand in their own personal power while remaining open-hearted and connected. In her beautifully illustrated and magical new book, she uses her own powerful story of emergence to chart a path for all women. Along with her doctorate in transformational psychology, Dr. Rima studied with master teachers in body-based energy work, sacred sexuality, and tantra to help define the art of excavating the sovereign woman within. Welcome, Dr. Rima. Thank you so much. So happy to be with you today. I would love you to start by sharing how you arrived at this place of enthusiasm for helping women become empowered and embodiment practices. Well, for me, it started because I lived a life where I wasn't connected to my body for many years, for decades, and I hit a wall. I came up on an edge that I was insurmountable for me. And that wasn't something I was used to because I was used to being sort of this superwoman type person who was always on the go and always finding ways to get around obstacles and move through challenges. And I prided myself on my ability to be just a real go-getter. And as I got to a point in my life that was surprising to me, actually, that energy stopped serving me. And one of the biggest places that it became clear that that energy was not useful any longer was in my intimate relationship with my husband. And we discovered that the problem of transitioning from that kind of outputting energy, which is I've come to learn actually defined as masculine energy that is in that doing area doesn't allow very easily for women to then shift into the more open, soft, receptive place that sometimes is the doorway through which we can have beautiful, sacred sexual encounters. And, you know, when I was younger and we were busy, it somehow didn't seem to matter. We just would, you know, find time whenever we could. And it wasn't you know, it wasn't great, but it was what it was. And as we got older and we wanted to be more conscious about our connection, 
we really started to see, oh, there's some things that are off here energetically that need attention. And that's really what led me into the quest to understand my body and to discover that my body and my relationship with my body is really the foundation for the success of even my spiritual life. And that was like a shocker to me. I had no no idea about that. I love the way you say you are go-getter because I feel that I mean, I'm one of those too. And a lot of women, especially that are striving out there to be entrepreneurs and be in the, and, and especially be in the male, more male dominated workforce are go-getters. And so I would like you to talk a little about slowing down to access the most sacred and sovereign part of ourselves. Yeah. So our, the, the ability to receive is the domain of feminine energy. Feminine energy is like, you can think of it like a drawing inward, whereas masculine energy is like a pushing outward. And we all have masculine and feminine energies in us, men and women, all the, the same. It's just sometimes we have different varying amounts of that and we have preferences. We might be more comfortable in one energy than another. And it's true, as you say, our society really tends to reward the masculine version of us much more so than it does the feminine version. And I'm talking now about energy here, not, not gender and not gender roles necessarily. And, and so we want to, we want to develop the capacity to draw inward and to receive. And so many of us actually complain that we don't have the things we want to have in our lives. We don't have the the relationship we want to have or the job we want to have, or we don't experience enough money flowing into our lives or love or whatever it might be. And part of that is happening because we're, we're not actually very good at receiving. And specifically to your question, we have to slow down in order to have the opening available for receptivity. You can kind of imagine it like if you were driving down the street and people were trying to throw balls into the lowered window of your car. And if you're driving 90 miles an hour, you're not going to receive any of those balls. Nothing is going to get into those windows. But if you slow your roll a little bit, it makes it a lot easier for the way the universe wants to give to you in order for that to receive, to be received. And, and so we need to practice being good at moving more slowly. And that's hard, I think, because a lot of the things we don't want to feel and don't want to talk about and don't want to admit to exist in that slower space, or it's easier to see them and feel them in the slower space when we are more tuned to being busy in order to kind of avoid paying attention to those more difficult things. You know, what's coming to me as you're talking about all this is that that I came in as a woman this lifetime to experience and work on mastering this. Mm. And I've been a male so many lifetimes and I have that drive within me to just go and push and be more masculine really. But this lifetime I've chose to be a woman and to really embrace that. And so I honor women like you who are really forerunners to a lot of us, you know, like really going out there and putting together what you know what's all about this feminine aspect because it's it's very challenging in in the in the um you know the roles that we play especially on the planet right now and you know and what's kind of being brought up to the surface to really heal and to work with 
It's true. And I, I found in my research that many women, as we entered the economic workforce, you know, to get some economic sovereignty, we really needed to have more access to that. So it was very important. Unfortunately, for many of us, we continued to be the primary person responsible for the home as well. And so it just doubled the workload in a way. And a lot of men have been invited by their women and or just of their own accord to be more involved at home, which has been great. It's actually increased their happiness level. They enjoy some of the fruits of being connected in at the family level. But women, unfortunately, actually haven't seen an increase in happiness as a result of that increase in economic uh, success. And we need that. I'm not eschewing that or saying we shouldn't have that. We just need to make sure we're also getting to the things that matter most to us, which really is connection and relationship and not being exhausted all the time because we're trying to keep all the, the plates spinning. It's very hard to be nourishing and nurturing in your relationships when you feel dry and burned up inside. And it's also very hard to really receive when you're so out of practice. And uh, another metaphor for this, it's so useful. I live here in Las Vegas in the desert and the, the, there's very little rain here. And the, the ground gets very hard and very packed. And when it does rain, it's almost as though the ground can't receive it because it's so it's been so packed and it's so arid that it runs off and we have all these troubles with flash floods that happen because it can't get past that rock and that dense that dense soil to try to go deeper so we really need to see receiving as something that we practice and that we are in a relationship with that includes slowing down it includes listening and there's so there's so much information that we could be receiving that we aren't receiving and we ignore because we're moving too fast. And in your wonderful book, which we definitely want to dive into your book, The Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty, their amazing, beautiful book. I want to talk about chapter 20, Sovereignty in Action. It will take patience, initiative. It will take action and rest. It will take commitment and surrender. And that's some of what we're talking about now, but I would like to dive deeper into that because there's other components. They're like patience, initiative, commitment, surrender. So these are pairs of values that we hold that sometimes can feel like they're opposing each other. You know, how do we both be in a place of rest, but also in a place of committed action, you know, and this is the important thing about this work and why I left that conversation to the end of the book, because we have to really find where we are out of balance and every person is different. You know, there's no uh, one formula, but there is a map that can be followed as we ask these questions around where am I out of balance and how am I not serving at the highest level? And the biggest mistake I find people have, women have in particular when it comes to service is that we serve others instead of ourselves, or we serve others in spite of ourselves, or we serve others over ourselves rather than we serve others and ourselves. And when we are serving from that place, we run out of gas very easily because we're not being replenished. And that need to stay in a nice, full, 
um, nourished place is foreign to a lot of women. Like this idea of what? You mean I'm I'm supposed to feel yummy and juicy and happy and well-resourced and full of love and abundance? Yes, my love, you are, because that is what enables you to then give that so freely to the people in your life. And those kinds of gifts, the kinds of gifts that come from this state of abundant overflow, those gifts are the most joyful to receive because there's no stickiness, there's no strings attached, there's no transactional energy, like I'm going to give to you so that now you're going to give to me and I will take care of you. So now you have to take care of me. And that just gets really sticky. And over time, it it's toxic and poisons our relationships and it poisons our bodies too. So, so when we talk about patience and we talk about service, sometimes it means what we're creating happens more slowly than it would if we were trying to ram it through. We're trying to push on our time, our ego's time instead of spirit's time, instead of working with the, the intuitive sense that's unfolding inside of us. So um, what kind of me too is that? So it's all about starting here with ourselves. Yes. And then moving out from there. And I know in your book, you've got some beautiful stories about things you've been through in your life and ways and how you kind of, you know, met this divine presence, the divine essence. I'd like you to share a little bit about that. I was so blessed in in various times in my life, starting over two decades ago, um, to have the experience of feeling the divine visit upon me, if you will. And, and, and this sense of just feeling so blown open, my heart just blown open and deeply connected and one with everyone and everything around me. And I had this uh, amazing moment I call a oneness moment because that's how it occurred and felt to me was to be one with everything. And really, it, I went on this sort of five-day high uh, over it. It lasted about 20 minutes at, in its peak and but then i got back into my life and for about 5 days i was just a completely different person in a way i had access to see things in a completely different way and what it did was it allowed me to let go of the ways that i was separating myself from other people the ways i would judge people the ways i would judge myself and i was just in this state of awe and wonder everywhere i went and one of the beautiful things about that was that it introduced me to this softer, more feminine experience of just receiving what's in front of me and, and deciding later how I wanted to interact with it, not judging it in the moment, not being afraid of it, not separating from it. And that was so powerful. And it became the guiding principle for me in my life because I wanted to hold that experience on a daily basis. And I'm still working at that because I'm human like all humans are. We have parts of our minds that are are tuned to watch for threats and we we do sometimes have judgment. Sometimes it's very hard to not be judgmental. And I've learned over time the skills and the tools to be able to bring myself back into an open-hearted loving place that still has great boundaries and is empowered but is also very much in this state of flow of receiving and giving. And so a lot of these you've brought into your book. 
And I would like to talk a little about the queens in your book because they're beautiful. And especially, well, I'll let you talk a little bit about that. And then there's one I want to pinpoint in. So. Sure. One of the things that happened on my journey to create more of this feeling of oneness in my life is I realized that I needed to work on my own personal sovereignty. So sovereignty is defined as this idea of having absolute authority and if, you know, an ability to be in self-governance free from outside influence. And that's what I recognized was that when I was in my most essential nature, free from outside influence, I could feel that ability to be in this exchange of love with the world. Mm -hmm. And so I started down the road of, of seeking to increase my own sovereignty. And I began to see there were these just seven different areas that I wanted to work in. So my spiritual sovereignty, my, my mental sovereignty, my sovereignty related to my dharma or my purpose in life, my emotional sovereignty, my energetic sovereignty, my sexual sovereignty, and my physical sovereignty. And as I began to play with those areas of sovereignty and was working with them with myself and also with my students, I realized that the queen archetype was a really powerful way for me to have a felt sense of what it's like when I'm inhabiting my sovereignty. And so through the work, I these seven different queens emerge to support each of these areas of sovereignty. And we have all of these queens in us. And when we develop them, they can become the greatest allies for us to support us. When we have a question, we could take it into meditation and sit in our throne room with our seven queens council and ask for support from each of the queens. And they they will speak to you and support you and help you with the way that you want to live your life. And so each of these queens are here in the body and they hold so many treasures for us. And they kind of correlate with the chakras, true? Absolutely. This is yeah. a, a, a was a powerful awareness for me that, wow, we were born with these energetic tools in our body. It's like a toolbox. It's like the owner's manual, if you will, for life <laughs> on planet earth. And wow, we just need to figure out how to be how to be able to take advantage of the tools that are sitting here in our energy body. And so when each of the queens is aligned with a chakra, it's a domain, an area of sovereignty. And she helps us manage the challenges of each of those domains, as well as the gifts and the blessings that come. So that, so we have a divine queen, a visionary queen, a, an expressive queen, a loving queen, an empowered queen, a passionate queen, and a grounded queen. So the one that I was this morning was like, okay, spirit, which queen do I need to, it's the loving queen is the yeah. one I'd like to kind of dive into a little bit, because I think that kind of goes hand in hand with all that you're talking about today and, and loving ourselves. So Absolutely. So she sits here in the heart, uh, over the heart chakra, and her challenge is grief and our ability to actually be with and sit with our own sadness and grief in a way that doesn't engulf us or take us over, but allows that grief to move through. And the reason that that's the challenge that she helps us deal with is that on the flip side, her gift is connection and emotional sovereignty and being in relationship with others. And because we live in a temporal world, every relationship we have 
will eventually, it's coming into or going out of existence. And so when we love something very deeply, we must open ourselves up to the possibility that there will be grief over the loss of a relationship. And that can happen suddenly, that can happen you know, at the end of our lives through natural, our natural death, but it's always an opportunity for us to bring ourselves into balance. And this queen, she is all about balance. The heart chakra, as you know, is in the middle of the chakra system. So it's the intersection between the, the parts of ourselves that tend to go upward and out and the parts of ourselves that go downward and in. And it's a very, very important nexus point because we can't live healthfully if we're too much out of the body or or too deeply stuck in, in the darker places. We need to have this balance. And so the Loving Queen is a beautiful, uh, a beautiful guide for being in that sense of balance. And acceptance and self-acceptance is the key here. We need to be in that place of self-acceptance. So people will sometimes say, oh yeah, I've done a lot of work on myself. I really do love myself. But then I ask people sometimes, well, are you in self-acceptance? Are you comfortable accepting the things that maybe you don't even quite like or aren't too happy about still with yourself? That can be a little bit more of a challenge of just accepting that we're not we're still a work in progress, you know, and that self-acceptance is critical if we want to be able to have uh, a very nourishing and happy experience with our lives. And that's what I love about your book, Dr. Rima, is the fact that, you know, we all, yeah, a lot of us who've been on the spiritual path and out there, you know, trying different techniques, you know, techniques and different modalities, but you have a different way because you have your unique way of presenting this. And I know why I was guided to that one today, um, because the fact that a lot of people are grieving over the life that we knew before all that we just went through the last couple of years and accepting where we're at, which is not even, I mean, I, I'm like you, I believe until the end, I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm expanding. So, you know, change is constant, but we're being able to having to accept where we're at and what's tomorrow going to look like, because none of us really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've a lot of us have been through a lot of loss, tremendous loss. And and what I want to say about that is that that we will be feeling even if no one in our circle passed on because of covid or lost work or lost a home or whatever, the the collective has been through the loss of millions of souls and work and wealth and livelihood and connection you know there's been so much isolation that that because we're embedded in this larger field of energy we're going to feel that too and so we might have just unexplained bouts of deep sadness and we'll, you know we might watch a, a commercial and suddenly we find ourselves crying or maybe we're like resisting that grief and that sadness so we feel instead low energy we feel slightly depressed we don't feel like we want to get up and do anything we we're out of the habit of actually getting out of the house now you know and so we can find ourselves starting to feel kind of this low grade depressive energy and the only way out of that is to go through is to actually feel the emotions and let it rise up and be felt and allow ourselves to to grieve and to cry we we used to grieve in community 
And we don't much anymore. And this is a big loss. That's that's a very feminine trait uh, is to be in community and grieve in community and celebrate in community. Whereas the masculine is a little bit more solitary in his hero's journey when he's out and about doing his things in the world or the, the masculine energy doing that. So so we we want to remember that we can connect with others to be supported. And I'll say one other thing about, uh, I wanted to touch on this earlier and it, it just, um, we went another direction, but it, I think it's important that the reason that I'm so passionate about sharing this work now is that I truly believe we're at a point in history where we absolutely need the course correction of bringing these energies into balance. We've been using the push masculine energy to build and create and to build and build and build. I mean, just there's so much that we've created, but we can't continue on indefinitely that way. And we also tend to use that masculine energy um, to challenge things and to fight our way through our problems. But the kind of issues that we're facing as a human family now are not the kind of issues that you can kill your way out of or fight your way out of. You cannot draw a sword and fight a pandemic. It's It takes community, it takes networks, it takes cooperation. And these are actually traits that are in the wheelhouse of the feminine. And whether that's, you know, all of us need to develop our feminine more more masterfully so that we can bring that into the world. And when we as women who have a little bit more easy access to that energy, just because our the way our bodies are made, when we don't develop that, what chance do we have? You know, if we're still running around doing more and more of that masculine energy, then we are part of the the, the lack of balance. So glad you said all that. And because it, it feels like with the 2020, with you know when it, all that came down and we really everything got broken open, and we had to go back home to ourselves and to our families and et cetera, and deal with all that we dealt with in the last couple of years, it was it's a big reset of okay, so now how, like you said, how do we come in community moving forward? How do we come together? How do we love and accept one another, especially with all the division in all different realms of political and social and et cetera, and and even world, you know, world you know, realms too. So I'm glad that you brought that forth because it is a really big deal. We've been through a lot. Um, we've been in isolation. We've been isolated from one another and, you know, by fo- outside forces, really, when we do need to come together in community, it's it's imperative. I I 100% agree with you. It's, it's like, here's another opportunity. Or I also believe that if we don't accept it now, we'll be giving another opportunity down the road yes. and it could yes. be even worse than the one we just went through. <laughs> I I think that that's true, that, that, you know, whether you think of the earth as a conscious being or not, we recognize that there are, there, there's information being shared with us. And if we're, if we're willing to listen, you know, we're going to see that we're, we're coming to the end of the value of living the way we've been living. And it's time now to take all the treasures that we've created and all the ways that we've developed technologies and, uh, you know, to be able to grow more food and help people live longer and, and treat their challenges. And, and now we can harness the energy of the sun. We need to take all of these things and bring them into a sustainable way of working and being together that's 
kinder and gentler and more community oriented. We don't have to be in competition at the highest level that we've been in because we were in scarcity. We don't need that any longer. And this transition could take a hundred years or 200 years, or maybe, maybe we'll get it in 20 years, you know, and I'm a, I'm an advocate for what's possible. Yeah, I am too, for sure. And I, and from doing this podcast and having all of you beautiful guests come on every week and share, there's so much support right now in all kinds of realms, um, like your beautiful book, your work. It, it's so needed and there's, and it's more, I mean, it's more needed now than ever. And that's why there's so many people out there really sharing. And that's why I just absolutely love having guests on like you, Dr. Rima, to come on and share your wisdom and share your gifts and share your enthusiasm for helping humanity and helping, you know, especially us embrace our, our feminine. Yeah, it's, it is time now is the time. And I really believe those of us that incarnated at this time are here because we are here to be on this transition team. We're here to be part of that time of great turning and everyone who listens to your work and all the ways that you bring voices to, to your audience. I think it's just so beautiful to, to see the work that's happening now. And I love it too, because it's, it's like mind, body, spirit. So that's what I like to do. I like to have all kinds of variations. And so I would love to, for you to share some of your book with my listeners and my watchers on YouTube. And so if you would like to maybe pick a beautiful part, you would like to share and read a little bit because your book, your book for, let's talk a little about your book. Cause hello, <laughs> this book is amazing. It is so filled to the brim with like you mentioned, you know, the, the Queens, but there's so much more to this book. It's, it's almost like an encyclopedia of feminine sovereignty. I mean, really, it is, Dr. Rima. Thank you. It was so much fun putting this beautiful book together. And I'm I'm really blessed to have a wonderful publisher and uh, a beautiful evolutionary artist, Jenny Hahn, who did the illustrations, the paintings in the book. It's a full color book. It had to be color because these queens had to be brought to life in their greatest essence. And you're right. It's not just something you read. There are exercises in it, journal prompts. There's energy practices in there. There's some suggestions for how you you can connect with powerful essential oils to help you feel into and and release the power of these queens in your life. And so it's really, it's an experience. And uh, it is my pleasure that people are finding pleasure in the book. I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, I did pick out something here that I think might be fun to read. It, the book has poetry in it as well as artwork. And you know, just sometimes sitting with the poems and with the artwork can be a meditation of sorts. It's it's a way that we get the different part of our brain, our right brain, to engage with what we're reading, what the, the left brain is taking in. So, um, you know, that that's the other reason that I put a lot of stories throughout the book as well, because we often learn best by example. And so there's a, a lot about my personal journey in there as well. And these poems came really from, from the time of my, my deep inquiry about how to be a woman in the world and something I didn't feel I knew how to do until I entered this work. So here is the voice that I heard from my, my inner uh, divine feminine. It is time, my child. It is you. You are she. You are me. There's no one left to wait for. 
let us begin. If you close your eyes for a moment and slow your breath, perhaps you will feel her arms around you. Maybe like the feathers of wings, they will caress you. If you quiet your mind for a moment and still your thoughts, perhaps you will hear her words inside your mind. Maybe like rain nourishing parched earth. If you open your heart for a moment, letting go of fear and doubt, perhaps you will know she is within you, maybe always has been, loving you forever. Thank you so much, Dr. Rima, for coming on today. I so appreciate it. It's been my absolute pleasure. Totally enjoyed speaking with you today, Teresa. And I'll have all these, all the information of how to get this beautiful book and get in touch with Dr. Rima, what she's doing in the world and her and everything that's about Dr. Rima in the show notes. So please check those out and definitely get a copy of this beautiful book. Thanks for listening in to another episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual and a great thanks for Dr. Rima coming on today and sharing Seven Queendoms, a soul map for embodying sacred feminine sovereignty. And if you've not subscribed to this podcast, please do so you won't miss any upcoming episodes that are released every Tuesday. And if you'd like to support this show, please go to the show notes where it says support this show. And I appreciate it so much. Until next week, please remember that life is too short to not be enthusiastic about your unique journey.